Oh, here we are, earlier, in the same day that we recorded the episode. Yes, we have time. We can go back and warn ourselves that Cuomo resigns later on today. Now, if only we hadn't put the time travel machine right between our two states. Shit, we don't have time to get to either one of us. Shit. Well, you, you want to just have a talk about what happened since then? Well, I mean, obviously I've had to return all of my Cuomo sexual merchandise. That seemed necessary after that. A little in poor taste in retrospect. Yeah, I mean, like, I really liked the gross, like, blue and dark green uh, text. It was uh, such a good color Cuomo scheme. It really and, fit Cuomo's vibe. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it totally felt like I was being groped by a Cuomo at the same at the time. Well, unfortunately, I guess we're just going to have to live with us making references to Cuomo not having yet resigned throughout the episode. Aww. But at least we can pop this little bit on the front of it. And uh, I guess the time travel was kind of worthless. Shit. Well, now I need to drive all the way back to Missouri. Yeah. Fuck. I'm halfway through Ohio. I'm walking my way back. We figured we'd uh, pop this episode off let, uh, to news blasts. The most recent news that Cuomo decided to step down, which surprises both of us. Yeah, I really had not expected him to actually, like, you know, 15,000 grandparents killed and he's under FBI investigation. Didn't give a shit about that. But um, eventually, Joe Biden, the, the absolute creep that he is, saying that he should step down for sexual improprieties. Uh, you know, the, the system works. Well, I mean, I think the difference is that with Cuomo, he had a desperate energy around him like he really needed it. And Biden, he didn't actually care. He doesn't need to get laid. He just likes to be creepy. No, he just likes touching people. Yeah. Cuomo, honestly, actually, I, I'm, I'm curious. Like, is he that desperate? Is he that desperate to get laid? It certainly sounded like it. Or is he just I've... like Biden in that he's got to touch people inappropriately because it makes him feel big? Or maybe I both. think that yeah. he – I think Cuomo's thing is he really wishes he had the energy to be a rapist, but he just doesn't have it in him. He's just a 60-year-old goblin fucking but five, no, I, honestly, piece But honestly, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, I consider this a victory for women's rights because this is a sign that for all the shit that a politician can get away with, being actively rapey towards women is no longer condoned by – at least the, the quote-unquote leftist party, which is still very far right. Yeah, I'm going to come out against that position because I think this is actually just the last shot over the bow of Me Too because the Democrats seem to have thrown all of that out. Uh, yeah, I, I think this is probably one of the last times you'll see somebody uh, in power stepping down for something like this. You might be right. I sure hope not I really because hope not. women – Women and all, I mean, all rape victims, but considering like 90% of them are women, women deserve better. Yeah, better than Cuomo, that's fucking for sure. I mean, not that I like New Yorkers, y'all probably deserve it, but. I don't know. I mean, not all New Yorkers are evil. There's the Chapo <laughs> guys. New, New Yorkers. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm more just saying that because I, I, I want to make fun of New York. Because I live uh, I mean, in, uh, it's an easy state to make fun of because it's it's center lib central. Yeah, I, I live in fucking uh, Philly, so we have a bit of a chip on our shoulders. Not because we're worse, but because uh, that's kind of like it's a it's a it's the city's sport more so I more so than f uh, supporting the Eagles or the Phillies. Uh, you gotta you gotta support having unnatural and unjustifiable grudges. 
I for sure get that. As someone who lives in Missouri, it's hard for me to make fun of literally anybody. Yeah. Except for maybe like Texas and Florida. Yeah, they're pretty easy. <laughs> easy targets. But yeah. Um I guess yeah. Living in Missouri, uh New York seems at least less completely insane, but also more completely terrible in terms of day-to-day living conditions. Yeah, it's not always great. Let's, let's be honest. This whole country's fallen to shit, including the big uh, shining pillars in New York, uh, which are you know crumbling underneath in the disgusting uh, public transit systems that they're running there. That Cuomo was running, because that's fun. He's an MTA guy. Yeah, well, anyway, at least a farewell to Cuomo is certainly a welcome thing. Let's just hope that they replace him with a communist uh, general oh, yeah. who wants to uh, completely change the country. I'm sure that's coming. And not some other lib who totally won't be completely medi- mediocre and pointless. I'm sure that they're definitely going to uh, investigate still. The FBI is investigating all those dead people that he killed. Uh, I'm sure that's going to go off without a hitch. Oh, yeah, he's definitely going – he will – Okay, so I know throughout this episode we say he won't get impeached, but if he uh, if he actually gets uh or if he actually if he steps down, so that surprised me. But if he actually faces any consequences, nah, man, this is gonna be a great. I will. Shit. Yeah, he ain't he ain't doing any consequences. Yeah, I would eat a shoe. Yeah, I make you I make you all a deal. If Cuomo goes to prison, I will eat a shoe on a live stream. Yes, all right. You get to watch me. Like I'll have to season it or whatever, and I'll, I'll try to find oh, the finest, sure. smallest shoe I can. But I will eat it. <laughs> it will be a child's shoe, and it will be well boiled. Uh, it will be. But I'm dead serious. <laughs> yes. It will also be covered in mayo and uh, anything else that makes a shoe less shoe tasty. We uh, we got one wrong. We get we get a, we get a lot wrong. Let's be yeah, fair. But yeah. I'm not. I think we get more. If we're talking statistics, we still get more right. <laughs> Yeah, we just wanted to bring this up since it happened before the episode aired. Uh, we should figured we should just address. Yeah, yeah. just toss it Oops. In. You know, whoopsies. I I uh, thought that he was going to get away with just saying he's Italian, not a pervert. It's uh, it's worked in the past for him specifically. Yes, I feel like just because he was under such scrutiny from all the horrible COVID missteps he already made, there was there was just that extra layer of he kind of had to, but. I still didn't think he would. He pissed off like the wrong, the wrong guy inside of the, uh, in, inside New York politics. Cause usually you could just do fucking soprano shit and be like, Oh, Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send somebody over to kill you. And, uh, then it would go away. Uh, but this time he pissed off a guy who really didn't give a shit about his career. And that I think is the most dangerous person in politics for these kinds of assholes. Somebody didn't yeah. give a shit about their career. We need more of those guys. Yeah, I, I think that sure, he's uh, honestly not great, or politically, he's also probably not a great guy. Whoever brought him down, but whatever, I'll take this one. Yeah, I mean, small victories. Uh, and I mean, honestly, in that same vein, let's be real. Now that Biden has made it here and doesn't even know where he is, he probably doesn't give a shit about his career either. The only problem is that Biden actually likes all the wrong things. Right? No, he's bad for a lot of reasons. Uh, and yeah, whether or not he he doesn't. He doesn't care about his career because he's reached the height and he's like 80 and he's going to fucking die on well, the throne. He doesn't remember reaching the height. Yeah. He thinks he capped out at vice president. Eh, in I don't 20- know, actually. I feel like he knows because people are coming up to him, handing him ice cream, you know, talking to him all nice and shit while they're doing all the work. Oh, no, I, I was I was being sardonic. I'm well, I'm sure he's well aware that he's technically president. I'm not sure he's aware of it all the time. That's for sure. I, I think that he's probably taking a nap every once in a while. 
on that president thing. That sundown is not a myth, but yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, you are right though. Yeah, a series of circumstances led to Cuomo going down, which is a small victory that will mean nothing to the left in the big picture, but that we still wanted to come clean and uh, say oops about. Oops, I thought that he would get away with it, and I'm going to laugh now that he doesn't. Yeah, crab claws. Hey! Small, lowercase crab claws. Lowercase Not crab as big case as crab claws yeah. as, like, when fucking uh, Rumsfeld went down. If if uh, Cuomo goes to jail, which I doubt... Then we'll get lower, have capital yeah, those, crab claws. Yeah, those are big crab claws. That's that's coming in. Anyway. All right, let's get on back into the show thing. Go ahead and, yeah, on with the show. Thanks for uh, putting up with us, and... <sighs> my girlfriend's going to miss work today because I have to drive all the way back to Missouri. She's going to be pissed. <laughs> I'm walking, so I'll be all right. <laughs> It's peace. All right, peace. I do it with everyone. It can be told in few enough words. We are not certain of his intentions even yet. They talked. So I am told. I'm Phil. And I'm Kyle. And we are the Unsociablists. And today we're going to talk to you about an issue that uh, Kyle is definitely a big fan of uh, discussing because it's got a lot of basis in history and is still very present in our uh, modern day cultures as a war loving nation. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's like the only thing that we can all agree on is that we should keep killing people in other countries in this in, in our political system. Bipartisanship. Is- Bipartisanship. It, it, it really does make me – if you ever see somebody who's talking up, like, reaching across the aisle, you know, making a bipartisan consensus, and this isn't immediately at your mind as to think that that's probably a bad thing, um, I, I hope this changes. I hope this changes that for you. Honestly, I know a lot of people with all kinds of views from conservative to – liberal to actual left and very very few of them are like yes i love all the war that we do there i mean don't get me wrong i've talked to a couple who are like well we have to do this war because we Mm -hmm. these countries beg for our help and then we're just like oh well we better help them because america is just the good guys but then that's that's a special brand of uninformed at that point yeah i mean like there's a when i'm talking about a bipartisan consensus when it comes to war it's definitely not about the people who are culturally aligned with republican or yeah the people who are like so detached that all they do is fucking vote every two or four years yeah they aren't the ones who are really you know they're not getting paid by raytheon or by boeing or any other of these military contractors they're not on the board of halliburton so they're not the ones who are benefiting from these these obvious uh Forever wars. Yes, but if you want a pretty clear picture of just how bipartisan this is, all you have to do is – I mean there's all kinds of examples you could look to, but the, one of the most famous ones for sure is the vote on whether we should go to the Middle East uh, during the Bush years. All the Democrats sure hated Bush, but then when the vote came down, hey, should we go kill us some mm-hmm. terrorists? Boom. Not, uh, almost every Democrat was still in favor. Oh, yeah. I mean – There was a couple holdouts. Good for we them. We can talk about – yeah, there's like the very obvious um, – you know, people talk up Barbara Lee, who made the actually uh, correct, the very correct decision to vote against the uh, war, the war powers that were granted for the invasion of Afghanistan, uh, which are the ones that are 
currently being used to run all over the place, you know? the We'll hit on it in a little bit, but the AUMF, um, which there's been some talk of repealing. However, they're repealing the Iraq AUMF, not the more broad Afghanistan one. So yeah, and it's uh, not like Barbara Lee was one of the only people who actually stood up for, for what she said prior. And I'm including, you know, Bernie at the yeah, time he, in 2002. He made a mistake. Yeah, he's admitted he made a mistake in allowing us to essentially just fight forever these stupid wars. Um, you know what? You know it's a mistake bigger than any one of us have ever made. That's for sure. Yeah, but I mean, you know, that comes with the territory of also trying to fix things in ways that are bigger than any one of us. You know. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, the same reason. I, it's the same I, reason that I tend to give a little AOC a little more credit than you, is because I know there's when you when, it, when you start making these. Being so uh, such a focal point in the uh, governmental decisions, your your compromises and your bad decisions are going to be that much bigger. Right. We've talked about this thing uh, a few times. Where I I just think that because she's one of four hundred and thirty people who you know she really doesn't have anything other than a, a platform that people listen to her on. Uh, it, it since you don't have any power, since it's already going to pass over your head. The best thing you could do is to point that shit out because I don't think she has any fear. I don't think they're going to as long as she keeps this platform and this is a tangent, but I don't think if there's she'll keep that platform. She'll still be popular in the media among rose emoji types and among, you know, the left liberals who who make up a lot of the politically active spaces in especially, I would say, New York City, where she is uh, a representative representing where she's representing them um yeah i think that she's in a safer position that if she really had the courage of her convictions even though we know that the uh budget is going to pass with or without her like just do the thing you know but you know it's it's yeah i mean she's been in there for however long now she's been hanging out with all the wrong people um you know it's it's a matter of cultural awareness that uh, I don't think that after a, a period of time, people really can hold on to. Um, yeah, I mean, she's definitely sold a bit of her soul, and I wouldn't be surprised if uh, she keeps moving more and more center. Uh, and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if the same thing happens to Cori Bush in four, four to eight years. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to her transformation into yeah, I mean, worse like, it's a, I, I think that's the problem, is once you get into that level – there's a certain amount of evil that just seeps into your soul as part yeah, of the job uh, to imagine to imagine having that kind of power to uh you know as as little as they actually have oh gross my vape like oozed all over all you gross. gross um yeah you need yeah, to clean up uh, no it's more than i left it in my backpack and it was like all right whatever life goes on you know, even being in that kind of proximity to the actual levers of power, I feel like it does. It's a rough thing on your psyche to imagine that you're being a part of it. That's why I think that so many people, um, that's part of one of the reasons that I think people are worried about, you know, if communism, if if we're going to, you, the people who called me a Stalinist or the people who think that I'm a tanky or whatever, the, the reason that they're so concerned is a valid criticism is that uh power seems to corrupt and um people being in those kinds of halls of power seems to corrupt and i understand the the criticism i just don't think that it's necessarily going to be the same way 
when we have a different base. A, a the superstructure will change with the base. Well, we can definitely uh, hash more of those semantics out when we're doing our news blast section. But in terms of the power corrupting, there is no doubt that at the end of the day, almost everyone in Congress is suddenly pro-war. Oh, which yeah. Is no matter how much of a good guy you claim to be, oh, you still love you still love that war. And uh, like I was talking about, it, it, we uh, we're going to take a very historical perspective on this, looking at America's war crimes in a very uh, uh, lens of the history kind of way. And uh, that happens to be Kyle's speciality. So we're going to start with uh, the American Service Members Protection Act and kind of just work our way through some of the uh, big issues of our wartime history as a country. Yeah, so um, I want this to be kind of like a, we're thinking about maybe further, far down the line, doing a more more of these kinds of things, talking about specifically American intervention. But one of the things that, because I was so young at the time of 9-11, and then, you know, building out into what has become a complete and total uh, ascension of the DOD essentially ruling our, 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 our state, our, our country, it was already on its way. You could say that it happened back in the 70s or, you know, when they killed JFK or whatever. But it's very obvious that it's the case now post 9-11. Uh, and one of the things that kind of, you know, kind of solidified that is in 2002, there was a, a slate of bills that were coming across that Congress's, what was it, like the 100 and fucking 12th or 11th or whatever. It was probably earlier than that. However many Congresses they've had. A number of uh, bills were coming across them, bills that essentially just funded to the gills, the war on terror, the new war on terror, things like the Patriot Act, things like the American Service Members Protection Act. And now the ASMPA. Now, that is a, a bill sponsored by two fantastic titans of the Republican Party, uh, North Carolina Senator Jesse Helms. They called him Senator No after a lifetime of opposing racial quotas, abortion, so many UN programs, and gay rights. Reliable surveys, Mr. President, show that many homosexuals average 16 different sex partners every month. And uh, Tom DeLay of Texas, he was the Speaker of the House, I believe, at the at the time of this bill's sponsorship. And so Jesse Helms, of course, many of people may know him. He, a uh, North Carolina senator, he really loved imperialism, ran all over this place trying to get us into more and more wars, hated commies. You know, he's an old motherfucker who was puttering at, around in a fucking mobility scooter, like yelling slurs at people. He hated homosexuals, um, made a very famous... Uh, attack ad against a black politician who he was running against in North Carolina. It, it's a close-up on this guy's hands, and it's a fucking letter, and he just crumbles the letter up. Over this uh, visual, the uh, narrator says, They had to give your job to a minority, even though you were more qualified for it. You needed that job, and you were the best qualified but they had to give it to a minority because of a racial quota. He was a uh, friend of Biden who uh, also similarly was against busing as uh, Jesse Helms was. 
Is it frustrating to you in the year 2019 to be relitigating these these debates at this yeah, it point? It should be about the future. It should be about what we're going to do to deal with institutional racism, and it's real. But the fact of the matter is, I think we should not be sending anyone with a drug problem into into a prison. They should go into a rehabilitation system. The bill still calls for 100,000 new police officers, a ban on 19 types of assault weapons, construction of new prison space and nearly 60 new federal crimes punishable by death. We do everything but hang people for jaywalking. During Jesse Helms' tenure later in his, later in his career, because he was in there fucking forever, um, he was chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. And now he was also, he was only there for about six months in uh, 2001, between Biden's tenures as the chair of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, whereon, you know, Biden was uh, screaming about maybe we should go check out those weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. The objective is to compel Iraq to destroy its illegal weapons of mass destruction. And uh, yeah, we should definitely do this thing. Like uh, The, pre- the president and his staff said they're definitely there. And uh, I mean, we all know that Rumsfeld would never lie about something like that. No, Rumsfeld wouldn't lie. The Rumsfeld, FBI, I mean, Rumsfeld's uh, a stand-up guy. He's, yeah. And he, rest in peace. He's one of the. We have to remember his soul kindly. It's important. God Almighty. <laughs> you know, one of the things that gets me is like obviously crab claws love fucking seeing a, a piece of shit die, um, but never they never die in enough pain. They never have their their world turned over. You know, yeah, they still yeah, created still, this he world. He got to die in comfort with uh, money and. Uh, yeah, money and privilege and family, you know, <laughs> more, more, more than anybody in, you know. But yeah, no, this Jesse Helms guy, he sounds like a real piece of shit. Good thing we don't have any uh, horrible Congress people like him anymore at all. Yeah, none certainly at all. no more openly racist Republicans left. Yeah, none. Just he's actually like probably the the he, he ran originally as a Democrat. He was part of the uh, Dixiecrat turn to the Republicans and he. uh Ended up basically, you know, being kind of a, a you could say, a, an exemplar of that that turn, you know. And then his co, the, yeah, the man the other who sponsored, guy who sponsored it, this ASMPA. Yeah, the other guy, Tom Delay, uh, who was indicted in 2005 on criminal charges of conspiracy to violate election law. Uh, basically, he was laundering his campaign money back in 2002, the same year where he was. Uh, Supporting this bill while he was running for while he was campaigning, he laundered some money uh, through and a Travis County grand jury in in Texas, of course, basically uh, said, no, you're fucking you're going to jail, man. You're you're doing this. So they sentence him to three years in jail. He gets out on bail while he's appealing it. And then eventually, you know, he goes through the stupid appeals where he's essentially been, you know, a part of that. Uh, political, you know, judges are political appointments. And so he's been a part of the machine that had appointed these people. And they essentially just let him off and he never spends any time in jail. Of course not. Gets to launder money and then run off. The fact that he had the decency to at least leave his seat is better than some of our uh, lawmaking officials. (laughs) I mean, fucking Cuomo ain't leaving. Oh, I guarantee you he's not leaving. I was going to bring him up later to lose blast. (laughs) (laughs) We will talk about Cuomo. Absolutely. So uh, I want to talk a little bit about the actual lens of the uh, ASMPA. So the, this is known, and uh, you you might recognize it by the title, No Hakes Barred of this episode, 
This is the this is known as the one that in, it essentially validates any invasion of the de- the Netherlands where the Hague is, where the International Criminal Court is, if any American comes under their jurisdiction, if they try to imprison or try any American for war crimes. I mean America America is war crimes. So if you Try an American for war crimes. It's basically trying an American for being American, and that's just right. not okay. You're, you're just trying this guy for patriotism, man. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but anyway. uh, so, like, this is in response. This is throughout throughout the late '90s, throughout the late Clinton era, um, when we see a lot of the like advance of global globalism economically, but also as kind of an ideological uh, deal. You know, you're talking to people about. Um, you know, we're making ourselves a global community. And yeah, one of the things to, we got to open up, up trade with all those sweatshops. Yeah, exactly. But one of the things that, you know, they, they make trade, they join up with the WTO, which was ultimately pretty fucking evil. The IMF has been around for a long time, but they're expanding these uh, international, international systems. And one of those, of course, the big guy, the UN, uh, had been adding after you know all of the fallout in yugoslavia they were creating by name of the rome statute the uh international criminal court and so uh 120 un members vote in favor to create it and seven are against Uh, a couple of other countries abstain and the united states is one of the seven that voted against the adoption of the rome statute which is the creation of the international criminal court Basically, the United States is, you know, the biggest fish in the UN. They're the the people, the UN's in New York City, uh, but they didn't ratify one of the uh, stat, the Rome Statute, the establishment of the ICC, and we still haven't. So we're still not a part of the International Criminal Court. And the U.S. because they essentially say the Senate didn't vote on this. This is a treaty. Um, we're not going to abide by it, even though they're generally a part of the treaty which established. The UN, you know, it's essentially I mean, it's it's classic. Symptoms. We don't like this clause, you know. The United States for has the, always been a fan of painting the uh, the rest of the world to not exist as long as it's convenient for us. Yeah. So that's uh, that's par for the course for the U.S. We are we are our own entity, except when we want to trade with people who make stuff for fractions of a penny by using slave labor. Absolutely. Uh, it's it's again it's about <sighs> because especially in 1998 and then afterwards the United States is. Right now being challenged by China, but not not it, China doesn't have anything near the global impact of the United States yet. You know, we're not President Xi doesn't have 800 bases. Oh, yeah. Military yeah, bases flying all around. You know, we have a lot of we're the hegemon. We're the people in charge. And it's a really bad thing that we're in charge. The Adventures of Zorzananaglob, episode 24, The Unremarkable Escape. See, Aglob, I told you, you worry too much. We are less than five light years away from the Galactic Federation's blockade. Once we're there, nothing could threaten us, even if it tried. Well, regardless, I believe we should not have taken chances. We should have waited a lunar cycle to get our ship's cloak and shield devices repaired. Being one day late for Blixbokan would have been acceptable in the name of safety. Don't be silly, Aglob. You know I couldn't miss the panel on what happened to Blixbo's dog when it took that escape pod last season. Anyway, everything is fine. 
I'm going to ignore this section that told me I can't give military assistance to the ICC people because our fucking friends are in the ICC. You know, a lot of our allies, which don't have the same kind of, and I, I don't mean this in a, in a good way, obviously, but, um, you know, they don't have the same kind of imperial burden that the United States has. Oh, like that, the sounds imperi- like a, that sounds like a fancy way to say we get to, as long as it supports capitalism, we get to do whatever we want. But if it doesn't support capitalism, here's all the laws that prevent you from doing this thing. Right. Yeah, no, it's a, it, but because because France and because the UK and because the Netherlands and all of them, they've had they had their time in the sun. They had this all these empires that were enslaving people and doing horrific things and you know, they fucked up Vietnam, they fucked up South Africa, they fucked up all over the place. They created the United States, but they've passed the buck now to America. And America has to do these very blatantly, obviously horrible things like not joining the ICC, like threatening to invade the Netherlands if they ever bring up fucking uh, that guy who shot an Iraqi kid after or stabbed that Iraqi kid after he had been shot. Um, talking about up. talking about things we might have done wrong in the past is illegal. Yes, true. May or may not have done wrong. It's important to, to clarify that. It, 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 might, it might have just never happened. You might just be imagining yeah. it. Yeah. No, we're all imagining this, and I, I, I hope I wake up sometime. Um, <laughs> but yeah, essentially, I'm saying that you know this is an obvious example of uh, how American empire and how we've taken the reins from the original European empires, how it makes us look very obviously evil, which we are, um, but also tends to be like, oh, wouldn't it be so great if we were in Sweden or wouldn't it be so great if we were in one of these social democracies, which is essentially, you know, just outsourced all of the evil to America. You know, there's still personal evils. There's still a lot of problems with those governments, but the empire the maintenance of empire has been laid on the shoulders of American bombers and murderers that we employ. And of course, our country's government loves that because it means that we are the ones walking away with the big fat money contracts. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, it comes away with a lot of money. You know, when it was the English doing it, they were making fucking bank. Now they just have like a kind of okay Yeah, it's, it's a real shame. that Honestly, I bet the British really miss when the sun never set on their empire. Oh, yeah, dude. I've been watching Doctor Who. They just can't shut the fuck up about Empire sometimes. I'm like, all right, guys, calm down. Wasn't it nice? Wasn't it nice when we had all the war crimes? Now America has it. That's bullshit. Yeah, man. Why, 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 why don't I get to send my kids over to kill brown people anymore? You know, uh, what's his dick? Um, The last labor prime minister did try to do that a lot. Tony Blair, he did send their their British kids to go murder people and murder yeah, brown people. Yeah, the Labour so, Party in Britain just as does a, not a make the, the Labour Party in Britain is about as consistent as the Democrats in America. There's a couple good apples, but the party itself has kind of turned itself ah, inward. It's trash. Yep. It's <laughs> trash. Yeah. And as kind of an extension of this, like we are now, the the burden of empire is on our shoulders. They wrote in the infamous Section 2008. On this bill, the authority to free members of the armed forces of the United States and certain other persons. So they have written that they can free anyone they describe they want from the International Criminal Court. And they are authorized to use any means necessary and appropriate and includes 
sending in fucking paratroopers and shit. You know, I don't like uh, Human Rights Watch is usually running cover for people and not a great uh, source. But it does say uh, here's some quotes, which I think are actually pretty appropriate. In addition, the law provides for the withdrawal of United States military assistance from countries ratifying the ICC treaty and restricts U.S. participation in United Nations peacekeeping unless the United States obtains immunity from prosecution. At the same time, these provisions can be waived by the president on national interest grounds. So if you want— We're above the law. We're above the law. We get to choose. If we don't like this guy, if he's become an asset or something— uh, that we don't like anymore, we can let you prosecute him. Or if it's a U.S. guy, even then, it's entirely up to the discretion of the of the military industrial complex and their head or their their head of state in the United uh, in the president. It's essentially a you know yeah they're just above the fucking law. We will go ahead and kill people in Kosovo. We will go ahead and just destroy people on UN on UN peacekeeping. As long as we are granted immunity from all of the horrible things we're doing. And it goes both ways, too. I mean, if there's a whistleblower who we want to get our hands on, then all of a sudden we uh, – as, as opposed to don't worry about – you can convict them. It's we want them back so we can give them the worst possible punishment, give them the whole. I do kind of like the idea, though. We should – I want to see just like can somebody make a – can somebody make like a fiction film about us inv- invading the Hague? Because I think that there would be some fun little slapstick bits to it. Yeah, I could see. like all of the the Dutch hiding their shoe polish that they used to do blackface. Yeah, yeah, I will say um, Deutschland is not exactly the least racist place. The Nederlands, not Deutschland. That's that's the that's the, the that's Germany. What do you? Oh, uh, what, yeah, no, the, the Dutch aren't <laughs> from Deutschland. I'm dumb. You're right. Yep. I'd, no, they're the lowlands. The Netherlands, yep. the Netherlands are not. Yes, the Dutch are not from Deutschland. They're from the Netherlands. You are right. I like the idea. I don't know why I said that. Because <laughs> it's in the name. They do make it a little weird, don't they? Uh, I do like the idea too of like uh, sending paratroopers and then them just get wrapped up and like fall directly into a canal. It would definitely be a silly, uh, silly bits to be had in that in that uh, slapstick <laughs> history in fiction horrible. movie. Yeah, in this horrible fictional movie about uh, <laughs> the United States invading a country for prosecuting war criminals. Yeah, but anyways, uh, yeah, like you were saying though, we uh, we are in a sense above the law on both sides of the spectrum because we also can just be like, uh, we want that guy back to not convict him because he's we're going to call him innocent, and we can go and murder everyone if we want to. Yeah, and or leave them. You know, it's who's useful to us, who who matters, um, and it's entirely up to right now Biden, Biden and the, his handlers. And I mean, but well, and the good news is that unlike Trump, who is all about being an evil, evil guy, Biden hates war. Biden would never oh, hates war. War. Yeah, that's why yeah, he's he voted in favor did. of every war he's had a chance to <laughs> vote on in his Senate history. Sensible Secret Service Agent. You know, Jack, I've been thinking. Yes, how can I help you, sir? You've just been sitting silently looking at your computer screen for almost half an hour. I assume you've been reading your briefings and have some opinions to bounce off of me? Oh, no, no. I was trying to figure out how this computer solitaire nonsense works. I can't get the cards to move around at all. Let me see, sir. Well, sir, you you seem to actually be looking at a picture of a game of solitaire. If you actually open the 
application, that will work better. Oh, no, I've already got a job as the vice president. I don't need to fill out any applications. Anyway, I was just thinking about all the drone strikes we're doing nowadays. You know, it ain't right. I, I'm honestly very pleasantly surprised to hear you say that, sir. Historically, you've had no qualms with military action, so why the change of heart? Well, call me old-fashioned, but I miss the good old days. Well, it's not like we didn't have massive civilian casualties back then. Still, I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth. Are you going to place a hold on all ongoing drone military operations? Oh, no, no, we can't do that. We've got to make sure all the folks America's liberating right now know we're always watching them. For freedom. I just think these newfangled computer whiz-bangers are so impersonal. I'm not sure I follow... But I'm starting to think I got optimistic too early. I really just wish we could go back to when our fine fighting men could walk through a Vietnamese village with a flamethrower and look an enemy combatering in the eye when they burned their family and everything they ever loved to the ground. Hell, I'm a progressive sort of guy. I'd be fine with keeping the fighting women around, too. Of course. I should have known it would have been something incredibly stupid. Sir... You do realize that nothing about our previous methods of mass murder were more civil, right? Oh, that civil rights thing was years ago, man. I shook Martin Van Buren's hand myself. Anyway, I know the classic way of doing war was a bit less efficient. Nowadays, we, can, we can't afford to be wasting time when it comes to fighting the evil in the places like Arakistan. And we need to spend way more too much money and time training the people controlling those little whiz-bangy bots if we want them to be more careful. And who's going to pay for it? The American taxpayers, that's who. Nah, we're going to keep things the way they are. I just misspread democracy when it happened with the bazooka in the field and not some guy thousands of miles away hitting a button. I'll be honest, that might be the worst version of nostalgia I think I've ever heard. Eh, well, thanks for listening to my thoughts. I'm gonna go ahead and get back to my solitaire game, Jack. Ah, uh, dang, I think my computer's frozen up again. I still can't get the cards to move around. Sensible Secret Service Agent. I was looking up just as, like, you know, because I, 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 I want to make myself feel bad i'll go and wiki uh like biden i'll wiki some of the people and see what the the wikipedia heads have written down for us um and he's described as a liberal interventionist and it's like yep yep he's fucking gladstoning it all yeah, across and, the and of course place. the term liberal basically be the term liberal basically means because at the end of the day here's the thing there's two versions of profitability do you want to profit off the rednecks who hate any kinds of change by saying we don't stand for these things or do you want to profit off the libs who are like oh we want all this change for the better by saying oh we stand for these things because both versions cost these companies and these industries and these government bodies nothing to say to say those words Right. But at the end it's, of the day, um, when it comes to anything that actually impacts the change of human lives on a general spectrum, there's not, not a whistle word to be heard on it from any side, of the, from uh, the right or the quote-unquote left. Yeah, no, there is literally no difference uh, except for, I think, whose interests they're necessarily – you know, whose factional interests are being supported. I like uh, Matt Christman's idea that it's a, a fight between the international – bourgeoisie on the side of the democrats you know the the coastal elite types the high finance types the people who are running wall street and the people who are running the big companies that the big multinational companies obviously there are plenty of people on on the republican side who also do that 
but like as a cultural beacon, you know, it's a as a cultural signifier among Democrats, it's the big global community. It's the big we're all super multicultural and we all really love uh, this particular type of show because it makes people it, it uses the right words and it's it makes me feel feel like I'm a good person, whereas the um Republicans are representative of the national uh, bourgeois, you know, the people who live inside the United States, the the regional like fucking, uh, you know, he owns like seven different uh, car dealerships across the tri-state area, that kind of guy, um, yeah. because it is just a cultural difference. It has nothing to do with what they're doing uh, as controlling the empire. You know, this thing's on autopilot for the most part. Yeah. And, the other day, and one of the uh, things that made it on autopilot is that that thing that Barbara Lee voted against uh, the AUMF for uh, for Afghanistan. Yeah. So catching up with uh, I know you've had all that background on the ICC and uh, the uh, ASMPA. We are able to move on to uh, move into uh, the Middle East and w- how that got happened. I'm sure everybody's heard. Like maybe not. It it, it really isn't. We've memory hold so much of the Iraq. Uh, invasion and so much of the uh, build up to and early years of Afghanistan's invasion. Um, but uh, so essentially they've come out, they've come out in the last like two months, I believe, uh, back in June, I think that the house, uh, maybe it was July, uh, voted to repeal the AUMF and they, they run that, they run that headline so much. They're like, oh, it's yeah, we're, so we're, we're leaving. We're leaving. We're leaving the Middle East. It's we're over, guys. It. Mission it's accomplished. Done. Just like Bush said a decade ago. Yeah, yeah. mission accomplished in two thousand five. Uh, <laughs> that might have even been earlier. Yeah, it's probably more than a decade ago. But yeah, it was definitely more than a decade ago. Yeah, they voted to repeal an AUMF, and AUMF, of course, authorization for the use of military force. And that is a uh, essentially a non-declaration of war. It's just like, so yeah, go ahead and kill people here. It's fine. It's not a declaration of war in the sense that they don't necessarily need 60 votes or all that shit in the Senate. Um, but they've voted to repeal it in Iraq. Now, that is not the one that allows us to fight. the. This isn't the 2001 AUMF after AUMF that came after the 2001 9-11 attacks. You know, this is not the one that sent us into Afghanistan, which is the same one that we've used to invade places like Libya and Syria and Djibouti and Somalia and the Horn of Africa and all over the fucking place. We're using the 2001 AUMF. They're talking about a 2002 AUMF. Tim Kaine, who is like on MSNBC, Fucking uh, remember Tim Kaine? Remember yeah, I mean, 2016? He's, he's, he, honestly, he's he was by like nailing the coffin that the Democrats could not give even half a shit about the left. It's like okay, they didn't well, want to win. They didn't want to win. You don't put Tim Kaine and Hillary, fucking Hillary, Hillary Clinton. Clinton. Hillary Clinton was already a candidate. Had like her popularity was in the toilet. I mean, I for the record, I think she's she's a horrible, horrible woman who's still less terrible than Biden. So the fact that Biden won is we could talk about know, sexism man. or whatever. She's. I mean, the, the I think margins of terrible really at that point evil. are pretty mar- um, pretty narrow. But like, yeah. I will think I think that at the end of the day, the reason Biden could win where Hillary couldn't was also actually to be fair, we had seen a decade uh, session of Trump by then, and uh, we couldn't have that foul mouth on TV. So it was it was it, yeah. We send in a guy that looks like he's a fucking animated ham who pretends to speak Spanish to try and bring over like a few. I guess very gullible uh, Hispanics. I guess is their idea. 
because he's not like an interesting dude. They're both of them negative charisma points. You know, it's like yeah, they, for sure. They roll, they roll nat zeros constantly. <laughs> nat one, but yeah, nat one. Whatever, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's actually nat zero because they have a negative. Yeah, one. you can tell who's the D and D nerd in this group. Yeah, they have mo- low modifiers, so it still comes out to a zero. <laughs> Anyways, um, twenty sixteen was definitely a wake up call for me as a leftist, and uh, Tim Kaine was like I said, the final nail in that coffin. Oh yeah, but he was on he was on MSNBC talking to uh, what's his dick on Morning Joe, the annoying former Republican congressman who I think had to leave because he had like a sex thing. What's his dick? Yeah, whatever. You know, the guy on Morning Show. Uh, uh, he yeah. was talking about the repeal of the Iraq AUMF. He he made some salient points, honestly. And I was like, this is weird for him. Uh, but, of course, it was in the idea of repealing the 2002 version. The one that sent us into Iraq, which we all know was a horrible idea, even though Tim Kaine fucking voted for it, and so did Biden, so did fucking Hillary Clinton. And the only person who didn't vote for it was Barack Obama, which is why everybody... Well, that and his actual, like, he's an actually charismatic guy, even if you hate him. He's, yeah, hate him or not, he's got, he's got stage presence. He's got stage presence, so they voted for him. He's a decent-looking guy. He was, a, yeah, back when, back when his presidency, presidential campaign started, way back in the early 2000s, he was a good-looking dude. Oh, yeah, if I look like Barack Obama when I was, what was he, 48, 47, that'd be nice. But, yeah, so, you know, it's, again... Just another bipartisan consensus on sending us into war. And he he mentions that, uh, you know, we're partners with Iraq now. This is part of why I think, like, this is just another colony now. We The green zone is just another, col- you know, another colonial capital. We don't necessarily run it out of the green zone anymore. Now we run it technically through the Iraqi government, which is just a fucking farce. Yeah, it just took a couple it just took a couple decades of bombing them with drones to get there. Right, right. It just took us a while. Well of speaking of bombing with drones, you mentioned Barack Obama voted against. Isn't it funny that uh, when it when it, when the time came for him to actually act though, he's like, Well, better oh, yeah. keep bombing them. Better keep That guy is an absolute fucking like snake. You know, it's he, he, I mean he was he was a he was part of the machine through and through and he got he was given his uh, he was given his due for serving the system well. If it came down to we were going to Iraq or not, based on Barack Obama's vote, he would have voted for it for and sure. Just the same way as every one of these guys, you know. It's who's the sacrificial lamb or who gets to have this as like good boy their, points. Yeah, the good boy points. You get to be a good boy, and you get to get to be president because everybody realized even then that this was a stupid idea. But, uh, you know, Tim Kaine talks about how Iraq isn't a belligerent anymore, and we need, essentially, to stop saying that we're fighting a war against them. Even though, you know, we're fighting a war still in their country, we're still destabilizing it constantly. We've done the thing that we well, wanted to do. We're no longer against their government, now we're just against their citizens right, and all the right. evil. <laughs> We've done the thing that we wanted to do. We thought we were going to get that with Saddam Hussein. We thought he was going to privatize the uh, oil industry, and we've gotten that now. You know, so we we don't necessarily need to fight a war against them, and we also really want them to be friends with us. We want them to be really nice little friends with us, and we want to set up soft power building so that we can well soft power building like that's how Tim Kaine phrased it. But it's like you're you're just gonna keep bombers on their on their land and start fighting against their their real enemy, who is now Iran. You know, uh, and this kind of reminded me like I was reading a book back in like 2018 or no no what is it would have been earlier 
it was back at the end of the Obama years. I was reading a book about the uh, collapse of the Bronze Age, and it was talking about it like there was just even among, I think maybe especially among the uh, historical uh, academia, there was just so much fear mongering about Iran. He's talking about like fucking uh, the Elamites. Yeah. He's talking about the history has always been a form of propaganda more than a for- prop form, especially in our oh, country. History is 100%. more about propaganda than about education. One hundred percent. He's talking about fucking like the Elamites, this ancient civilization that lived in what is now Iran. He's talking about them as if like, and now we know the time seems so stressful in real life and we're on the brink of collapse. Maybe there are so many things that are so similar, including that uh, he wrote literally that Iran is bellicose and threatening as a comparison to the Elamites who were, you know, like on the edge of Babylon or whatever. Like we're the, the Babylonian civilization being threatened by some Iranian barbarian culture. It's just the weirdest shit that that gets thrown in there. But in any case, the White House is like, oh, yeah, go ahead, uh, repeal it, because they've literally said, the the spokesperson said, it really won't affect any of our military operations. Go ahead and repeal it. But, I mean, surely, if we're, if we're repealing this AUMF thing, I mean, it must at least mean that we're spending a little less on the military. <laughs> yeah, I wish, because uh, even though, you know, we, we vote in harm reduction, We've done it, everybody. We can go to brunch. DOD funding, Department of Defense funding has gone up under Biden. You know, while the Heritage Foundation and all those crazy people are like, oh, he's destroying us. This is what happens when you defund the police. Our military is not cool anymore. He's given so much more money, even than Trump, to the military and to, you know, law enforcement. He's he's the guy who wrote the crime bill. That crime bill had a shitload of law enforcement uh, funding and hiring in that thing so it's like why why would you expect it to be any different i don't think anybody really honest anybody who was honest with themselves i don't think could we do everything but hang people for jaywalking but he's raised the discretionary funding defense the the discretionary spending for the defense budget up to over 750 billion dollars this is over um and that's more than that's the discretionary budget that's not just the normal operating budget Mm -hmm. That's the, that's the extra. Yeah, more than 37 times the amount of money it would require to end homelessness in, the Ameri- in, in America. And a uh, 100 times what the CDC requests to tackle COVID-19. Clearly, we have our priorities straight in this country. Great I mean, no, it's good thing. Hey, but you know what? It's okay because we beat COVID and we certainly aren't in a fourth. A f- are we in the fifth wave yet or is it still the fourth wave? Dude, I think this is the fourth, but I think it's just like. It's all one wave. It's, it's, all just really? a constant, yeah. it's literally just constant waves breaking against our face on the shoreline. <laughs> I'm like, so is it really a wave if I'm like this deep underwater already? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I'm drowning, can I really care if it's a second or third wave? I mean, hey, what's America supposed to do? How are we supposed to deal with the fact that uh, we had 20% of COVID cases. Clearly, it was the Chinese's plan to give it to us in the first place. Yeah, genius. We, the Chinese's fact that we plan. have less than 10% of the world's population and more than 20% of the COVID cases is China's fault. It's the Wuhan flu, and you can't change my opinion. Somebody else made it, because I can't imagine anything that's not adversarial specifically against a race that I dislike. And, you know, the reason China made it is because they wanted to help all the American billionaires get richer. Yeah. It was their plan all along. The people who came out of this really well. Yeah, they, they really just wanted to see Bezos get into space. Fake into space. Motherfucker. Red Skin Media presents If the Ruskies Had Won Part 5 Internment. Imagine 
an absolutely nightmarish existence wherein the foul, dastardly pinkos of the Soviet Union had triumphed all those decades ago. Were this condemned world to be our reality, we would obviously have little freedom in our everyday lives. But it goes further than that. For those who did violate the surely unreasonable laws, the punishments would be extreme indeed. Here's a look at what being held in captivity might look like in such a world. Hey, you can't keep me here! I don't belong in this filthy gulag! You have no proof I did anything! We have surveillance footage from one of our many constantly watching CCTV cameras of you attempting to commit arson at the local grocery distribution service. You are just lucky that we make all government buildings with excellent fire suppression and nobody was hurt. At least your rehabilitation will only be a year. Oh, it's so unjust this police state's constantly watching us. Anyway, I wouldn't have needed to try and burn it down if they'd just given me extra rations. I should have the freedom to overeat all I want. Anyway, why don't I get a trial? We value the health of our citizens and as such will not overfeed or malnourish anyone. And to answer your question, nobody gets a trial because punishments match crimes across the board. Hey, no point arguing with him, buddy. The guards here are dedicated to maintaining order in these facilities. For some reason, they actually believe in this system. Consider yourself lucky that you've only got a year. I'm here for ten minimum. Oh, this is so dumb. I should have the right to voice my frustrations. And if my voice happens to involve fire, that should be allowed. Anyway, what the hell got you put in here for so long? It's absolute bullshit. When I was CEO of a company in the before times, I was allowed to rape and assault anyone I wanted. But I do it once in this evil new system, and I'm stuck in here. Wow! Doesn't that sound horrible? What an awful world where having status doesn't grant you immunity from incarceration. And no trial? We'd never do that in the good old USA. Let us take a look at how much better we have it in our fine prison system. Down on your knees and put your head on the floor. I don't know why you're doing this. You accused me of dealing weed and then evidence came out to prove my innocence. I shouldn't be here. Trust me, it doesn't matter if you're innocent. I was just in my house in a lock when a bunch of seals busted in, killed everyone else and realized they had the wrong place. They saw that I'd seen everything, and the next thing I knew, I woke up here. What? You assholes can't do this shit! I love when they talk back. Time for the taser! <laughs> now that I've got you assuming the position, here comes the fun part. I've got a bucket of hot tar here. I want you to dip your balls in it. No, please, that's, that's beyond inhumane. Just do it, man. I refused and they full-on removed my testicles. I keep begging them to kill me, but they enjoy keeping me chained to the wall and force-feeding me just enough to stay alive. Oh, okay, I, I guess... Oh, fuck. Oh, oh God, okay. Uh, okay, I, I'll... Fuck it, I'll dunk him in there for you. Well, that's quite enough of that. As you can see, there wasn't a single white person to speak of in that decrepit facility. That's the kind of peace of mind that can only be bought in a fine capitalist institution. God bless America. Well, anyway, um, but yeah, so massive increases to the military budget under Biden. We yeah. all we all knew this. And who would have guessed? Like his his best friends, his 
his buddies in the cabinet are all fucking from contractors you know the the very obvious or not obvious but the very um what would you call it the the publicized the famous guy the guy who got into being uh secretary of defense lloyd austin he's famously a four-star general who did not wait this supposedly obligatory seven years before going into the private sector well, those rules are only for peasants yeah he's back he's back so he in that time which, yeah, the rules are for, for us, dude. Um, in that time, he was a general, went to work, and sat on the board of Raytheon. And then, before that time was up, went to be uh, Biden's Secretary of Defense. Well, at least he's you know, from those good American heroes at Raytheon who always have the best interests of uh, the public in mind and have never absolutely. done anything shady or unethical or murdery. So all his buddies are getting a lot of, uh, you know, these guys in the who are getting these discretionary spending, who are advising the president, are all being like, yeah, of course, we should do these weird hypersonic weapons. Maybe we can talk to a guy who uh, fucking Ronald Moultrie, the, his pick for the Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence and Security. Uh, he was a member on Altamira Technologies that essentially, you know, it got a billion dollars to support the Air Fans like basically like a fucking slack system but for sending your goddamn uh planes to kill people and then he was also on palace advisors which is a strategic advisory firm specializing in navigating complex national and international security dynamics that sure so is a, fucking- a fancy way to say we're here to make sure we know how to kill brown people the best right how can we make sure that your company has guns on top of it uh, it's essentially you know it's just mckinsey shit similar to like fucking uh Buddha judge who is of course in the administration yeah, yeah it's it, this is all this is all information coming from the intercept as well you know there it was very highly publicized that they have a bunch of blackrock people in there who are taking all of my housing prospects who are making the housing market even worse than fucking airbnb has been there are people in there from google and well, facebook i mean the ceo of blackrock just flat out said you know these us millennials just need to be ready to make risky investments if we ever want to retire. We need to Again, jump just, in the stock market or else just deal with working 60 hours a week. I saw that and then I looked up like the closest bridge. <laughs> yeah. just, just, he didn't even – he wasn't even disguising it. He just flat out said, yeah, you no. millennials, you have to fucking suck it up. Work 60-hour work weeks and deal with it. That's the new norm. Yeah. And so like you know, getting back to it, this is like – this is what the – for the last 40 years, this has been kind of the – the trajectory, right? We've we've not been on the ground in a Vietnam-style uh, war, except I guess you could say in Iraq during the surge when the thing was actually, you could maybe say, working uh, by their own metrics. Now we essentially do JSOC and, you know, we send the Joint Special Operation Forces or whatever those guys are called, the crazy fuckers that write op-heads and fucking silly memoirs where they say they've killed 200 men and they're totally normal now. Yeah, the folks who say that the stuff that happened in Bolivia is all above board. Right, the people who get to go to Tajikistan without letting anybody in Congress or anywhere else know why exactly we're killing people in Central Asia. Uh, Yeah, now now we're sending hypersonic weapons or whatever. We're doing, uh, what, what, cyber security is what they call it, but it's cyber warfare essentially from us. And we're not very good at it either. So we send robots to murder people instead of sending platoons to, you know, overthrow popular governments. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, the, 
thing that's been this way forever. And the guy that we put in charge to, you know, he he's not going to reduce this. He's not going to change. So you this. don't think you don't think that Biden getting rid of the AUMF is a sign that he's changed his ways and now truly believes that war is bad and we're not going to do it anymore? Yeah, uh, getting rid of AUMF. <laughs> yeah, because we still got the other one. This guy wrote the Patriot Act, and he's gonna, you know, he was working for the. You know, under this guy, everything you thought was going to be changed is is not. You know, the deportations have gone up. Police funding has gone up. DOD funding has gone up. You know, everything about this guy is he told you who he was. You know, you, you might have listened to somebody else telling you what they thought he could be or at least what they wanted you to think he could be. We, we, we're going to push him left, Kyle. It's going to happen. Uh, I mean, and actually, we'll talk about some of that uh, in the I'll push newsreel. Him left but... if to the left of me is like a cliff. <laughs> and now, a session with an overly honest military recruiter. Now, class, today we have a special treat for you. As it's your senior year, many of you are considering options after high school. We've got a gentleman here to talk about one of those options. Sergeant, the floor is yours. Thank you, Mr. Gilly. All right, guys and girls, my name's Sergeant Jenkins, but you can call me Chad. You know, like the meme. That's not my real name, but the recruitment office wanted to make sure I sounded like as cool a guy as possible when I came to talk to you. I'm sure you've heard all about the military from media and flyers, but I'm here to give you the real inside scoop. A lot of you might want to go to college, but don't want hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. And you were too stupid or ordinary for scholarships. Well, one great perk right off the bat is if you just devote a few short years of your life to murdering people that the government tells you to, your college will be completely covered. Uh, Sergeant. Uh, Please, uh, Chad. Right. Chad. We try to make a point of not referring to any of the students as stupid. Oh, my bad. I respect people who struggle in educational environments as they make up a large percentage of our new recruits. Anyway, who here likes video games? Well, Well, did you know that our armed forces have an e-games team? We like to train all of you on first-person shooters to help you dehumanize people in general, as well as start preparing you for when we inevitably move on to robot soldiers. That way, we can slaughter foreigners with way less liability. You sure talk a lot about killing. Why would we be killing people in foreign countries? Great question, kid. We like to tell people it's their patriotic duty because America wants to bring freedom and democracy to these places. But the truth is that the troops are all beholden to a few exceedingly wealthy people who profit not only on the capture and control of a land's native resources, but also on the process that goes into manufacturing and maintaining a war effort that will never truly end as long as there's money to be made. Uh, uh that sounds kind of awful, Chad. It is, and there's a pretty good chance when you come back, you'll be mentally and physically scarred for life, to the extent that you might not be able to take our nation up on the offer of free college. In fact, veterans actually have a statistically lower chance of graduating with a bachelor's degree than non-veterans. Not only that, all the promises our great nation makes about helping you when your tour is over will be immediately forgotten once you're back. We will very plausibly be leaving you a mentally unwell homeless person. Still, our job market here is worse every day, so you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Anyway, who wants to kill some innocent Iraqi citizens? God, God damn. All right. All right.
one last thing we want to touch on in war crimes. Let's let's talk about drones. Yeah. Elaborate on that. Yeah, so just as a again, this is kind of like just a quick overview of the things that um we really stick out from the early years of my kind of I mean my life, you know, I've lived my entire waking life as a as a as a son of a country that has been murdering people abroad, like all of us, but as a post 9-11 person as well. You know, this is coming from The Intercept. These uh, are called the drone papers. They came out originally in 2015. Uh, Jeremy Scahill uh, wrote a lot of them. I think he's also he's a founder of The Intercept, who have ups and downs. You know, some things I re- like reading from them, some things I don't. But essentially, there was a uh, Pentagon task force and... I'll just shrink that to ISR for intelligence, surveillance, and reconnaissance. They were providing details about how targets were tracked for lethal missions and carried out by the JSOC, Joint Special Operations Command, in Yemen and Somalia in in particular. So this is back in 2011 and 12. You know, we supposedly only started joining the war in Yemen in 2015, uh, one of Barack's final little... Shots across the bow for making us a more evil country. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure that uh, that what it turned out, their research turned up that uh, we were using drones in the most responsible way possible to only hit one single target who happened to be a threat to democracy globally. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's exactly what they came up with. Oh well, there you go. It, it, one of my favorite things is like this was obviously like a pitch for more money. Like none of nothing, nothing would have changed. What they were saying is essentially that they didn't have enough surveillance flights in order to. Uh, target effectively so jsoc were just like um after barack obama would basic he would approve a package of murders he would basically go in and be like yep all these baseball cards that tell me what this guy did and what that guy did um yeah you can kill kill all all of them Uh, during the period of this study in 2012 2013 john brennan uh who became then became CIA director was super influential in these discussions, and it was often him that was bringing the, the the baseball cards to the president to finally sign off on giving JSOC operatives then a 60-day window to go after the target. The baseball cards. Mm-hmm. So they would sign off on uh, a, a package, what they called it, a targeting uh, an operations package, which would have the baseball card, which was all the intelligence on the target, and then a sort of concept of operations about how they might go about getting them. They'd have 60 days, and they just if near the end or any time, really, if, you know, because these guys aren't on the ground. They're not meeting with people. They're not actually collecting uh, intelligence. They're just flying uh, sometimes manned aircraft over places and being like, yeah, that guy looks brown enough and then shooting him. And that's essentially what was happening. You know, they were still flying 15 flights a fucking day in order to try and figure out what they were looking at. That that's these minimum requirements that they were trying to do. And they were still just murdering people, you know, at weddings in Yemen. And this is still, again, in 2011 and 12. Oh, we don't talk about the Yemen wedding. No, no, we don't talk about the Yemen wedding. Barack was not invited, and he was not very happy about it. <laughs> but the ISR study, it cites these shortcomings as an explanation for the low rate of successful strikes. And this is, again, coming from uh, Jeremy Scahill's uh, and, and the, the Intercept has an explanation for the low rate of successful kill strikes against targets on the military's kill list because they were essentially forming a kill list obviously we know about that and uh, it, it was Obama who was doing this and they were fucking sucking as compared to uh, Iraq and Afghanistan specifically because nobody was on the ground 
they are heavily reliant on signals intelligence, heavily reliant on communications intelligence to build a picture of who they think this person is and why they think he's important. And so it's essentially they were trying to get more money to get more planes, to get more surveillance equipment, and um, they blamed bad intelligence, but it was also they just kept killing people. They just kept killing all of the people that they saw. It doesn't matter whether or not they knew exactly if the guy they were supposed to kill was in the building. If they thought it, they would terrorize people and murder them. Yeah, just no surprise. Uh, oh, they could be like, oops, wrong house. Well, sorry. Sucks to suck. You know, there are cases where it seems as though the U.S. was intentionally fed bad intelligence uh, to in, in the effort to try to eliminate a domestic political opponent of the former dictator of Yemen, for instance. The, the, the crimes of America are numerous, obviously. Um, and one of the things is that, you know, we see these crimes on display at home. We see people being thrown into jail for nothing, you know, for abuses. And not just any old jails, but some of the worst jails you could possibly imagine. Right. Some of the worst. You know, we extrajudicially uh, throw people in Guantanamo and never give them a trial for dozens of years. We fucking throw people in jail for selling weed. It doesn't matter, man. It's like these are the these are the wages of empire and they do take a toll on us at home. Not like I honestly not like that's the biggest fucking deal because the biggest deal is that we're murdering so many people. We're ruining yeah. and ending the lives of so many people, uh, which is the real tragedy. But but you know what? Some war profiteers made a couple extra hundred million in the process. Yeah. And I, I don't think we can imagine ourselves to be just because we fly drones now instead of, uh, you know, we're not literally burning down villages, at least not in not face to face. It doesn't mean that there is an effect on us there. It doesn't mean that we're safe from from this this corrosive experience of empire. Yep. These uh these kill lists that we have uh, and they do exist are uh, just part of the American structure that uh, allows us to be a toxic crime on the entire world, a, a blight, as it were. Yeah, we are Moloch. And, we're the uh, worst. We we are the bringers of death. And yeah, the fact that we're doing it from robots doesn't make it any less inhumane, like you said. Well, that's uh that's one specific uh, little part of our war crime history. There's been way too many examples to possibly count, which is why Kyle said we might want to go into a series about this. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, again, I really love history, even if this is obviously some of the most depressing history that you well, can Well, Kyle, possibly you also read. love depressing yourself. Uh, this is true. I, I'm just already depressed. It's like my natural state, so might as well, you know, throw a little extra on there. Just a little extra. Emerald uh, Lagasse, bam! Gotta look at that extra <laughs> flavor on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like pouring a... a spooning out mustard that just has depression on the side of the can. <laughs> yep. Uh, anyway, um, that's definitely uh, just a small s uh, sample of how our war crime-based country is committing itself in this day and age. And we make we will definitely will almost certainly come back to ta uh, tap on some other fun example, fun being in heavy quotes, examples of uh, yeah. history. <laughs> but um, for now, I think we can focus on uh, just a little bit of current events. And... Um, I'm going to say credit where it's due. The Democratic Party knows where to draw the line to prevent rioting, literal yeah, rioting in the streets. Because yeah, yeah, uh, the extension on the eviction moratorium, the extension on student loan forgiveness – not forgiveness. Heaven forbid they actually let, let us have college yeah, be, be a nice. human right. 
no. Um, but student or loan, at least um, that horrible repayment. debt for the rest of my life. Yeah, and of course, Biden going on TV and making a public statement about, oh yeah, that Cuomo dude's not a good dude. Well, look at us, we're the Democrats, and we're totally the good guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, these are the barest of bare minimum uh, ways to be approached as decent, but the media is eating it up as, look, the Democrats really do have your interest at heart. Best sense FDR. Yeah, true. Always. Truly the most progressive president possibly in history. Honestly, though, I think that um, I don't think that Republicans are necessary. Firstly, you know, the Re- Republicans are only acting opposed to it. I don't think they give a shit. Oh, yes, they don't actually care. Uh, but the supposed, you know, eviction moratorium, which isn't necessarily it's not a full eviction moratorium. You know, it just no, like, it's literally just another couple months. Well, yeah, for up until what? The end of October um, and that or it's 60 days. So beginning of october and we'll have um, fixed covid by then just like we, we will had it, we were gonna have yeah. it fixed by the end of june just like we were gonna have it fixed by may just like we were gonna have it fixed yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh but like it's you know this is a the eviction moratorium as it's as it is is just a, a you can't be kicked out for lack of payment but they can still keep now you still those, have to pay that yeah you'll still have to keep paying that you you better throughout this time that you've not had a job i hope you've saved up fucking five figures worth of rent yeah you better have that money ready to go because as soon as that moratorium ends we they can just be like oh yeah now you're out Fuck yeah you. and they're gonna garnish your wages for it they're gonna send you to claims it's gonna be bad yeah and of course or and the, the government has all this money they've been saving up to help people with those debts when they didn't have covid jobs right all that rent money that they're going to be giving out to the people well supposedly but then they were basically giving it to the states they're doing the same thing that they did with the moratorium itself they're passing the buck. Nobody wants to be governing. Nobody in the Democratic Party actually wants to govern anything. Which is exactly why they try to lose. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's because they get to have their $170,000 a year job and all of the benefits that come on voting up or down a little pork in each bill. And then you don't actually have to be in charge because most things are just going to be run through the executive or through the judiciary as a fucking uh, on autopilot you know you don't have to do anything i i, I want to say too that i don't think necessarily that the republicans are so stupid as to think that uh not getting the rent the eviction moratorium would be a bad thing because what's his face um brett kavanaugh was the concurring vote um not necessarily a, an a, a, an agreeing vote but the one that there was a uh lawsuit that made it all the way up to the supreme court that essentially was like the eviction moratorium's bad and the uh the court ended up going five four because of brett kavanaugh voting to keep the eviction moratorium uh essentially because he was like yeah it's gonna end in like a month who cares whatever so maybe it will uh maybe he'll switch if that comes back onto his desk but um i don't think that it's necessarily like this is a thing that they recognize as What's keeping several million people out of turning into a bunch of Ted Kaczynski's, you know, going to just essentially throwing all of that onto the ground is going to not only, you know, fuck up their stocks or whatever, because that kind of uncertainty will fuck with people. Yeah, there's there's a certain degree of unrest they want to avoid for profitability. They're, they're, they're right. willing to they're willing to give us the smallest amount of an inch just to make sure that government property isn't burning to the ground. Absolutely. And, you know. I think the Republicans maybe even better know how to use patronage than the Democrats because they're the ones who. Well, there's gave a reason it to that them. that party has survived on values that literally like nobody holds anymore. 
Yeah, yeah, no, it's because of patronage and it's because of cultural, uh, you could say demagoguery or whatever. I yeah. say nobody, but I know plenty of people who, not plenty, but I, I definitely know people who their view, their their entire philosophical view is I hate anyone who's not a white guy and also uh, it, before babies are born, it's murder, but after they're born, do whatever the fuck you want with them. Right. Capitalism's biggest uh, production is in others. It creates many others. And, you know, that sounds kind of idealistic and bullshitty, but I, I do think that that's what they want to do. Because, you know, if we flattened all of the differences between us, we would notice that we're bigger and better than them. Yeah, but unfortunately, they, uh, they've done an excellent job at creating a lot of brain-dead soldiers for their cause. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's uh, what else is happening in the day in these days other than the fucking eviction moratorium? Uh, there's been talk of more COVID relief, but th- yeah, I don't think that that's going to happen. I'm not going <laughs> to fucking hold my breath, man. I just really hope that I get this job. Pelosi said it's important and we should really look into doing it. You know how, <sighs> you know how whenever one- Pelosi says we should look into doing a thing, that means that she's totally going to get it done. Right. We should look into doing it, says the person who has all of the power to do it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's my favorite thing is whenever I see Biden talk about like, oh oh that was the other one the the other new news Biden has been on a tear lately about we really need to look into climate change guys it's important uh, we we should definitely get a, f- a foothold on doing this I would just wish there was someone who could do something about climate change oh man if only somebody could do something about climate change banning fracking though nah if only there was the most powerful person in the most powerful nation talking about it damn yeah. I, I also just recently because of the 60th year of of Barack Obama being alive, I guess. Oh yeah, that's the thing where he was talking in 2018 is like all of a sudden uh, we're the biggest oil producer and exporter in the world. Uh, that was me. Say thanks. Uh, come on, Wall Street. Yep, I, I made us uh, worse, just like you wanted. Yeah, he. I mean, he's he's a. Uh... He's not even ashamed of uh, the decisions he made. But of course, then I literally see have seen news articles where it's like uh, on his 60th birthday, remembering a president whose biggest scandal was a tan suit. Yep, he never fuck did anything off. worse than that. Yeah, fuck off. Biggest scandal, because that's all you guys would talk about. You just wanted the stupid little, oh, his wife is eating arugula. How crazy is it that people care? Yeah, I don't. I, I do care about the several million people that we've ruined the lives of. Well, now there's a whole new uh, thing I've been seeing on social media. Just uh, Michelle Obama would be the best president in the history of history, and why hasn't she run yet? (laughs) Because nobody actually would vote for her. Nobody would actually vote for her. You know, it's uh, not going to happen. I mean, there'd be a strong, very, like, lib-lib consistency that would be like, yes, this is my first pick in the world, period. But that's not not enough of a voting block to actually – If they could get – They'd have, like, 50 – they'd get 50 delegates. It's yeah. the K-Hive people. It's the ones who uh, fucking would have voted for Kamala Harris who didn't get a chance to vote for Kamala Harris because they're not a big enough block to get her past the threshold into the first primary. You yeah. know, it's like, it, it, it's that kind of weird, you know, they'll recognize Michelle Obama and be like, oh, look, it's the lady who told my kids not to eat bad and then never gave us any food. You know, it's it, that that's what's going to happen is people are going to see somebody that they recognize on television and that's the only way that she could win, which is, I guess, you know, how Trump win and how Biden won. So maybe it'll work. I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, I, who, I, who's to I, say? I, uh, and especially with vote. To be fair, I feel like even it's funny because we keep having the highest vote. The last few elections, we've had the most voter turnout in history each time. And somehow we have less and less popular candidates. 
Oh yeah, no, because it's not a it's not a percentage. It's just that we're still uh, we're growing. We're uh, as a country a little bit. Um, we're getting bigger, and yeah, of course, we had ninety million or whatever voters for whoever. Not actually, no. It was what was it? Seventy? I think it was close to ninety yeah, million okay. for Biden. Well, might have been, might have been, been eighty nine. Let me check Biden's vote total. It wasn't. It, yeah, it's like, but if we wanted, uh, it's not similar to say uh, Cuban. Uh, percentages of people voting you know yeah because trump had this trump had the second most votes of anyone in history in american presidential history in the same election yeah yep. because we're bigger and we still only need 65 percent of yeah, the okay so yeah electorate. sorry 81 million for biden and 74 million for trump yeah, both so the two highest numbers in history hooray we got 150 million people out of a 330 million people country. Well, I mean, that actually is percentage-wise also higher, but it just shows you how little the American, the actual well, values of American people... percentage-wise since like the 90s. That's when it went going down because we stopped... The, that was so clearly a, a break in having any kind of actual input. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, electoralism is a fraud. So it's like we're still, we're still hovering around 1994 or 1996 uh, election uh percentage wise uh participation but yeah we're big we're a big country so if we break 60 it's going to be enormous but like it's not enough to actually involve people the electorate's still pretty empty yeah i mean it, it just if uh, if you want the proof that uh, electoralism isn't the real route to changing things i mean I, the only reason the eviction moratorium got extended was because cory bush made a physical display yeah you know yeah, it wasn't about voting right it was about she's going to physically be a st- uh, staple of things that are wrong and uh, the social media is going to talk about it <laughs> yeah yeah so there's like and what's your dick the fucking demented lady that runs it pelosi didn't even know until the day before supposedly sure sure oh i didn't know yeah maybe you shouldn't be in this office then i feel like the amount of stuff that they that democrats conveniently don't know when it's important for them to look like good guys is pretty sus to, to use the young kids terminology <laughs> yeah this is not on fleek i don't know what i, <laughs> no, I don't, yeah say. anyways this um, is not based this is yeah, very not based this. oh my god yeah no <laughs> seriously there's no way that, like, well, i just didn't know all this stuff it's just what, what a coincidence how could i how, yeah i mean I'm, I'm so uninformed about this one specific thing yeah i mean she wouldn't have any anxiety over it though because she has like three houses and couple million dollars worth of ice cream in each one so it's yeah it's uh it must be real hard for them when the uh, fiction moratoriums come down those uh multi-million dollar people uh, people who have made backroom deals to make some rich constituents very happy along the way and mm-hmm. also married some of those rich constituents oh yeah they definitely don't have a second agenda they just they're no. just trying to do right by the american people they're trying to help us they're trying to help me man I, well I it. it's uh because i'm very dumb <laughs> It's definitely um, it's it's tough to say in any uh, reasonable sense that uh, things are getting better, but like I said, at least the Democrats know where to draw the line to prevent things immediately falling apart. Which um, I don't know if that's better or worse. It depends on if you're a fan of accelerationism. But, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I I feel like it's it's definitely good that people aren't getting kicked out of their house for non-payment right now they're still getting kicked out for a number of other reasons oh yeah so and, it's like uh, they'll and they will get kicked out later but yeah if not sooner than and, uh, and also it's also good that you know there aren't people going bankrupt trying to pay back student loan servicers for yeah. a couple more months i i mean i'll have until january 31st now that's a uh, thanks 
Biden. Now, if only they were actually paying you unemployment for the job you lost, that you didn't have to fucking go to Arizona to fill out paperwork for something. Yeah, like- he had already stolen all of my money because they thought I was committing fraud. And then I had to go like three weeks without any money, and then they finally gave it back. Yeah, that's uh, this country is made for us. That's a really upstanding government that's just got your best interests in mind. Great place this place is. I love this place. This this place. It's perfect. But yeah, um, other than that, I guess it's been a bit of a slow news week. We will see if come September we actually uh, start start pulling out the troops, as they say. I still think there's chance for things to go south, and then be like, oh, it's too unstable. Uh, what what can we do? We got to hold out a bit longer. But. Oh yeah, no. If they aren't already like fucking it up enough that they can go back in like a year's time, they might just be like, ah, oh, actually, the Taliban is in Kabul. We have to help. Well, for now though, uh, yeah, there's not much uh, we can do. But and like I said, electoralism. I mean, if you want to go vote for things, whenever your votes come up, feel yeah, free. Locally, it might be it's, it's yeah, especially locally. Yeah, but uh, feel definitely feel free. It's not Fuck like your vote is ever vote. going to hurt anything. But yeah, it literally won't do anything. That's, that's <laughs> the best part about it. Yeah, if it makes you feel better, certainly do it. You know, that's that point. That's just a free ego boost. Yeah, don't think you're better than me though, because that that'll make me feel bad for not voting. Because I don't vote. Fuck it. I stopped voting. And I'm done with it. Maybe I, I don't know. Every now and then I still go out and vote for a green candidate I know won't win on some yeah, down, down ticket thing. Um, I just have better things to do on a Tuesday. I don't. So <laughs> <laughs> I like um, smoke weed and play video games. <laughs> yeah. That, that, well, that's it. Those are my things to do. And I'm like, yeah, I got a few minutes to go waste to go uh, shit yeah, something stupid out my doo doo ass. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, about where we're at. War is totally awesome and we love it here in america we love it folks we love it we love the war it's amazing hey man uh, I, I i shouldn't say that i liked war my bad <laughs> uh at least among the citizenry who all like I, I, and if you t- i'm sure if you took a poll of average people war would be polling at about eight percent popularity but we still keep doing it we love him we do love him I guess the best we can try to do is uh, try to break free from the uh, otherness that our country tries to divide us into and keep sharing love and solidarity. Love and solidarity, y'all. I do it with everyone. Black and white, young and old, straight and LGBTQ, powerful people, friends, Strangers, people who I meet on the street. I respect the governor's decision. I've never crossed the line with anyone. I've done a hell of a job. I say they actually discredit the legitimate sexual harassment victims that the law was designed to protect. I've done a hell of a job.